Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line on a very busy Thursday and thrilled that you are with me. NBA draft by the numbers, no big surprises. NFL weekend kicks off tonight, great one. Everyone has it wrong. More cancellations in college, big decision for the playoff, and your calls in this hour. All that and a whole lot more on the way, but we start, obviously, with the news that we are all bracing ourselves for. Terrible news is what is expected, and I know from personal experience that sometimes if you expect the worst, then maybe you will be pleasantly surprised, and let's hope that we are. During the two hours that we are together here is about the time that we are expecting to get some word on the results of the MRI for Warriors star Clay Thompson. And we can just hope it isn't as bad as everyone seems to suggest it appears. Everyone is pointing at his Achilles, and that would just be devastating. The number of ways and number of people for whom that would be devastating are overwhelming. First and foremost, obviously for him. He's a terrific player. He's a terrific guy. He missed all of last season with an ACL that he tore at the end of the finals in June of 19 ready to try and come back with his squad back together again and try and build a new championship model in Golden State without Kevin Durant, with the kid they drafted last night, James Wiseman. And then yesterday in a pickup game in L.A., apparently he goes down and it is not clear when he's getting back up. They say that he couldn't put any weight on the leg. He will have an MRI today. Again, we expect that to be right around now. And I would assume that we will start getting word at some point relatively soon on what it is that MRI shows. And again, let us all just hope that we are pleasantly surprised and that it turns out to be a strained calf and that Clay Thompson is going to be just fine because he's a terrific player. Clay Thompson is one thing on that team, by the way, that they aren't all. And the Warriors, the 73-win team of a few years ago, and then obviously the KD group, they're a legendary group. That is an all-time iconic team. Three championships in four years, the 73-win season in the middle of all that. That's an iconic team. And there were really two separate um, incarnations of it, the one before KD and then the one after. The most clutch player on that team is Klay Thompson. He probably gets the least attention, certainly gets less than his splash brother brother in Steph Curry, who is an all-time great and the greatest shooter that ever lived and a two-time MVP. He gets less attention than Draymond Green because Draymond Green is the kind of person who causes a lot of attention to come to himself. And obviously, Kevin Durant is one of the greatest players of all time. So when he gets there, Clay becomes probably the fourth most talked-about warrior. But when the chips are down, he's the guy I want with the ball in his hands. He's the guy you want taking the big shots. He's the guy who in that game six against OKC that I will never forget what proved to be the end of Kevin Durant in Oklahoma City when OKC had the Warriors dead to rights in Oklahoma City. Game six, a chance to knock out the 73-win Warriors, and they couldn't do it. Why? Because Klay Thompson wouldn't let it happen. He had one of the great clutch halves that any great player has ever had in NBA history. And that is the image you have of Klay. And the NBA needs this team to come back. And the NBA, it's no secret, they had a rocky year. And of course, the timing of it and all the circumstances surrounding it, there are a million factors and a million reasons why. 
But what they need are good things to happen. What they do not need are one of their best players to go down in a pickup game in Los Angeles two months before the season starts, six weeks before it starts. And for this Warriors team that could have risen again with all these very likable stars, the country loves, people love Steph Curry. This team is one of the most interesting in the NBA and really one of those that could give the Lakers a run for their money in the West. And now down he goes. And if he doesn't get back up again, it it appears that the window closes on that group, certainly at least for the time being. And we'll see what it looks like a year down the road. Stephen A. Smith sort of spoke for all of us on SportsCenter last night when he had this reaction to the news of the injury. This is nightmarish. This is nightmarish. All championship hopes are out the window. You need both. You can't have Clay without Steph. You can't have Steph without Clay and talk championship. You can talk playoffs. You can talk excitement. You can talk box office appeal. But you can't talk championship having one without the other. You need both of them. There's no question I agree with that. In fact, I don't even know that it's an opinion. It's, a, it's obviously a statement of fact. Without Clay Thompson, the Warriors are not a threat to win the championship. So let's hope against hope for a million different reasons that that's not the news that we get. And again, we are standing by for word from the West Coast. We expect it pretty much any time. And I promise you, the moment we get it, you will hear it here. And if there is following up to be done, if indeed the news is that the injury is serious, we will get, we will pursue it um, with, with no delay. So we will be all over that story as soon as there is any word on it at all. This is Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. And, you know, we all accidentally damage our phones, right? That happens. Well, now Straight Talk Wireless's new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection. Just 65 bucks a month, you get unlimited talk, text, and data, and more. See mobile protect terms and conditions at assurion.com slash straight talk. Limitations and exclusions apply. Bubba, give me some music as we turn our attention to football because week 11 begins tonight, and it is a really good game tonight. We will look at some of the big games of the weekend, beginning with this one, and we will do one question here on the kickoff of week 11 tonight, Seattle at Arizona. Bubba, let's do one question. I have only one question. My one question for our ESPN NFL Nation Cardinals reporter Josh Weinfuss is this. Josh, how would you describe the way this team has gone about trying to put the extraordinary emotion and drama of the way they won on Sunday behind them quickly enough to turn around four days later and play what amounts to the biggest game of their season tonight against Seattle. They've basically done everything they possibly could. They turned a 24-hour rule to celebrate the win into a 12-hour rule. They really kind of hit the ground running Monday morning trying to focus just on the Seahawks. But it's been so hard because this play has been everywhere, on their TVs, on their phones. DeAndre Hopkins' Instagram story has been nothing but the play. So as much as they're trying, it's, it's, they can't get away from it. And Kyler Murray even said he'll never get over this play. But we'll see tonight just how well they can put that behind them because this is about as big of a game as they face in about five years. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Because the name of the show is Hashtag Greeny, I get to ask a second question, even if we call this one question. So, Josh, my second question is this. Remind everyone that Seattle defense is so bad. Remind everyone of what the Cardinal offense did to them in their first meeting a few weeks ago. Uh, they picked them apart every which way possible, and that's just going to keep going this way. I mean, you had you know, Christian Kirkley, Fitzgerald, and obviously DeAndre Hopkins. Then you have a little kid named Kyler Murray who, can, who was running through them you know, in their first meeting, who's just going to keep doing the same thing tonight. All right, Josh, well done. Thank you for checking in. I appreciate it. Meanwhile, one question now goes to the Seattle side. Bubba. 
only have one question. Uh, Brady Henderson covers the Seahawks for us, our ESPN NFL Nation reporter. And Brady, my question to you is this. Do you sense the emotional and psychological wear that the struggles of this defense is having on Russell Wilson? And if so, how are you seeing and feeling that? Yeah, that's as good of a theory as any as to why Wilson has been struggling over the last four games. Remember, he was the clear-cut MVP frontrunner during the Seahawks 5-0 and start, and since then he's been mired in the worst turnover funk of his career, 10 turnovers in that stretch, including seven interceptions. And, yeah, it is entirely possible that he is pressing, knowing that he has to basically lead the highest-scoring offense in the NFL in order to keep up with the way that that defense is struggling. He's also been missing – his top two running backs for the past three games, and I think that has had an effect on him as well. Uh, and maybe the MVP talk has weighed on him as well, but this is what we're left with. We're left with wondering why Russell Wilson is struggling because you just don't see him make some of those uncharacteristic mistakes that he's made over those past four games. Yeah, Brady, I actually have a second question for you as well, and that is, is there any way you see this defense getting better? That. The time to add personnel has come and gone. Are there any changes or any people coming back healthy? Any reason to believe this defense will get better before the season ends? Yes, the reason, Greeny, is that it can't get much worse. And that in all <laughs> seriousness, yeah, I think that this defense is going to get better. It's, really, it's been very hard to reconcile how poorly they've played with the talent that they have on defense. It's not the most talented defense in the NFL, but it's certainly not the least talented defense in the NFL. And go back to that first Cardinals game in Week 7. They did not have Jamal Adams in that game. He was still out with his groin injury. They also didn't have Carlos Dunlap. And so those are two reasons to believe that their defense could be better. They've also undergone a pretty significant shift. They did not blitz Kyler Murray much in that first game. And since then, they've been the NFL's most blitz-heavy team. So that could be a difference in game plan tonight. All right, something to watch for. Brady Henderson, thank you for checking in. So that is one question with our guys from both sides of this matchup tonight, Week 11, kicking off with a really important game. And I will tell you right off the bat, I think everyone has it wrong. Everyone on Get Up this morning picked the Cardinals to win tonight. And I will just say this. You fall asleep on the great quarterback at your own peril. If you're ready to jump ship on Russell Wilson and his season and his MVP chances and this team's chances of winning that division, then in my opinion, you go on your own. I'm not going with you. I don't give up on Russell Wilson. Has he had some troubles? Absolutely. Do I think he's pressing? Absolutely. Has it been uncharacteristic the last couple of weeks? For sure. He's thrown three interceptions in the end zone this season. He had never thrown more than one in any season before. But Russell Wilson remains one of the two or three best players in the National Football League. And I think he shows that again tonight. And I think the youth and inexperience of the Cardinals in this situation also works against them. You just heard Josh saying that it is going to be very difficult for them to put away the drama and emotion of the way they won that game on Sunday. And that's, that's just human nature. That's not a criticism. It just is what it is. And to turn around and have to be ready to play what amounts to a much more important game. It's all nice and well and good to beat Buffalo. But you got to win these games in your division. And you got to seal the season sweep against Seattle tonight. And I don't think they will do it. I like the Seahawks tonight. I think this is a high-scoring affair. I think in the second half, the points come in bunches. And I will take Russell to make the big play at the end of the game, not Kyler this time. And I will take the Seahawks to win this game tonight with a game that winds up somewhere close to 70 points. 
something in the neighborhood of 34-33 or something like that tonight in favor of the Seahawks. That's how I see this game tonight. Meanwhile, Bubba, give me the music back again, and let's look at some of the other big matchups this weekend, and let me give you a couple of keys to watch for. Bubba, what's our first game? Chiefs and Raiders. Well, here's the Raiders' chance for everyone to take them seriously. They can pull off the season sweep of the Chiefs if they win this. The last coach to beat Andy Reid twice in the same regular season, by the way, was John Fox from Denver the first year that Andy came to the AFC. That was a totally different Chiefs team than this one is, that's for sure. But I think the Raiders have a chance. Do I think the Chiefs have a chip on their shoulder? I do. Are they the better team? Yes. Would I bet on the Raiders to win straight up? No, I would not. But I think they've got a shot. They've got the formula. They can run it. They can possess the ball. They can play some defense. I like the Raiders in this game. You're going to get points. Take them. I think the Chiefs win a very close game, and I think it bears watching as much as any game this weekend. Bubba, what's next? Eagles at Browns. Well, this is a really interesting game because both teams need it badly. The Eagles limp in off of maybe the NFL's worst loss this season. I'm not sure how many losses there will be this year. More damning than the Eagles losing to the Giants last week and looking as bad as they did and failing to sort of throw it back in the face of Brett Favre after Favre had questioned the decision to go with that quarterback. And you've got all these people supposing, myself included, quite candidly, that there's an issue between the quarterback and the coach. They claim not. I'll take them at their word. But I don't think it gets better without starting to win. And I don't think they win this game. Because the Browns have questions too, but I like their answers better. They're a better team, top to bottom, than the Eagles. It's not even close. And Carson Wentz and Baker Mayfield, by the way, are a lot closer than you might think, too. We had a great look at the stats this morning. Starting in the year that Baker Mayfield came into the league, so this is his third season, so starting at the beginning of 18, his numbers and Carson Wentz's numbers are almost identical, and that includes wins. Includes wins and losses. Remember, Baker Mayfield took over a team that had been 1-31 the previous two years. So that tells you either Baker Mayfield has been better than we think, or Carson Wentz has been worse. I like Mayfield and the Browns in this game. They got a better defense. They run the ball much better. They have a lot more they can depend on. I like Baker and the Browns in a low-scoring game on this Sunday. Bubba, what's next? Rams and Buccaneers. That's actually the Monday night game, and this is a great one. This, to me, is potentially the preview of the NFC Championship game. Because we just talked about Seattle and Arizona, but it is actually the Rams that I like in the NFC West. I believe they win the best division in football because their defense is the goods. They have two separate candidates for defensive player of the year on the same D. We all know about Aaron Donald. But Jalen Ramsey, who plays, in my opinion, the second most valuable position in the NFL, is also a candidate for that award. I like Tampa in this game, having said that. I think top to bottom, the Bucs are a better team. If the Bucs play the way they are capable of, I think they beat anyone. It's sort of like when you look at it like golf. You never know every week here and there who's going to play their best. But if everyone plays their best, Dustin Johnson wins. Back in the day, clearly, Tiger wins. In this case, if everyone plays their best in the NFC, all these teams have flaws. If everyone plays their best, I believe Tampa wins. And so I take them Monday night advisedly in what I think has a chance to be an excellent game. We'll talk more about it as we work our way a little closer to it. Bobby, give me one more. Titans and 
Ravens. Well, this is your chance for revenge if you are the Ravens. This is the Titans team that spoiled your dream season last year. 14-2, record-setting offense, unanimous MVP award for your quarterback, and then just like that, your first playoff game at home, you get drubbed by a Tennessee team that kind of looks a little like you do. They want to pound you. They want to play defense. Well, guess what? Something funny happened on the way from then to now for Tennessee. Their defense stinks and their special teams are killing them. I think revenge will be sweet for the Ravens this weekend. They're the better team even with the injuries, and the Titans feel like they're reeling a little bit. I like their coach. Everybody loves Derrick Henry, but that team just can't stop people. I like the Ravens in a slugfest in their game this weekend with the Titans. That's a quick look ahead at what was a really good week 11 on the NFL schedule. And I invite you to be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. We'll do calls at the end of this hour. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. The college football season is heating up and so is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you. Treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. You know, I want to very briefly just follow up on something I just said. Guys, this wasn't what I was planning to do here, but it came up in our meeting this morning before the TV show, and I want to say it again. In my opinion, the most valuable position on a football field obviously is quarterback, and then there's a space, and then you figure out what's third, right? It's quarterback, and then nothing is second, and then you figure out what's third. In my opinion, the true shutdown corner is next. Now, there are so few of them that you don't say corner is the next most important position because just a good one isn't as valuable as Aaron Donald is getting a rush right up the middle or a a superstar left tackle is protecting the quarterback's blind side. Those are more valuable positions because they, there are more people who can do them and impact the game that way. But to me, there's nothing more valuable you can have on your team than the shutdown corner. And what Jalen Ramsey did to DK Metcalf last weekend really opened my eyes. For DK Metcalf, who was having a season for the ages, to have two catches and 28 yards in a huge game, that stunned me. So I'm curious to hear what you think of that. I believe that the true shutdown corner, the Revis-esque, Dion-esque, Ramsey-esque shutdown corner is the second best thing you can have on a team after a quarterback. That said, speaking of quarterback, I got a problem. Yesterday, I spent a lot of the show asking you if I should start Jameis Winston this Sunday over Aaron Rodgers on my fantasy team. I picked up Jameis for nothing. He was on waivers. And I figured, all right, he's going to be their starter. He's going up against the 32nd ranked pass defense in the league this weekend in Atlanta. Aaron Rodgers is going up against the number one pass defense in the Colts. And so with your help yesterday, we decided I will start Winston this weekend. And then Adam Schefter came on Get Up With Us this morning, and Shefty said this. Yeah, there's a definite question about that. And again, Sean Payton keeps telling us he hasn't made a decision. Why don't we believe him? They really like Taysom Hill. They really like Jameis Winston. There's support for both players. I would not just make the assumption that it's going to be Jameis Winston starting this weekend. Well, that throws my plans into a complete tizzy. So do you, if you are me, still roll the dice on that possibility. Here's a little sneaky good play for you, by the way. You're ready for the best fantasy tip you will get anywhere? And I will credit my friend Anita Marks, who is the one who whispered this one in my ear, at least by text. And that is that on the ESPN fantasy site, Taysom Hill 
is listed as a tight end. But all the points that he gets playing quarterback count. So he is a sneaky great pick as a tight end this weekend because if he runs for touchdowns and throws for touchdowns playing the quarterback position, you get all of it. So the question is not whether Hill is a good pick because he will get snaps at quarterback. Obviously, he always does. And you would assume he'd get more without Breeze. The question is, is Jameis the starter? And if Shefty says there's any real question about it, I go back to Aaron Rodgers. So we got to figure that out. All right, we're just getting rolling today. I'm delighted that you're with me here. Again, waiting any minute now for word on Clay Thompson. We will have it covered for you from every possible angle. But up next, two teams that are going to be in the quarterback market this offseason that you were not expecting to hear. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash greenie today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash greenie, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. I'm Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio, and we stream on ESPN+. Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, drivers who save with Progressive Save over $750 on average. Call or click today. Find out if we could save you hundreds on your car insurance. Again, waiting almost any minute now. We're expecting some news on Clay Thompson, and we are bracing for the worst and hoping for the best. We are hoping against hope that it is not an Achilles. We will see all of the reports that were coming out of there in L.A. yesterday sounded really bad, but you know, maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised. So as soon as there is any word on that, we will get it to you. In the meantime, I want to bring my friend Jeremy Fowler in here, terrific NFL insider for us at ESPN. And he has a great story up on ESPN.com right now in which he takes a look at what I'm describing, Jeremy, as the quarterback musical chairs that I think could take place during the upcoming NFL offseason. And buried beneath the, well, Trevor Lawrence is, is a generational prospect and Justin Fields is a guy a lot of people like. The stuff I really liked in the piece, Jeremy, that I'd love you to pick up here is some of the not-so-usual suspect teams that you expect to potentially be trying to find a new quarterback. I'd love you to run through some of those. Yeah, Green, great to be with you. And just talking to people around the league, there's a sense that a third of the league, maybe 10 to 12 teams, will at least dig and do a lot of homework on possibly drafting a quarterback pretty high because you have five or six good ones that could go in the first few rounds. You know, I start with Carolina. Uh, they're a team that has Teddy Bridgewater as really a true bridge quarterback. He's got a couple years left on his contract, but I'm told they really like this quarterback class. They could groom a guy behind Bridgewater. San Francisco, 
a lot of coaches I talked to say, look, it's time for Kyle Shanahan, one of the best offensive minds in the game, to go get an athletic running quarterback that you can throw with, maybe like a Josh Allen with a little more accuracy. Uh, Detroit eventually moving on from Matthew Stafford, uh, potentially, because maybe they've, they've hit a ceiling there and, and his contract you can get out of. Las Vegas with John Gruden, he's known in, in, in NFL circles that he's always going to be lurking and looking around admiring quarterbacks far and wide despite the play of Derek Carr. So those are even just a few of a long list. Absolutely. And again, there are details on this in the piece. And most of it stems from the fact that this draft is about more than just the two at the top that everybody knows. But let's talk about the one at the very top. Are there any questions amongst the people you talk to about Trevor Lawrence? Really only a little bit of accuracy and decision-making, but that's it. I mean, you, you ask uh, execs around the league to pick this guy apart, and they say, well, like, there's really not much here. Eh, he's going to be fine. He's game ready. I mean, uh, it was almost shocking to me. There wasn't really uh, a lot of flaws to uncover where, you know, Justin Fields, who it has bridged the gap at that second spot. Um, and some people think the gap is not that far from Lawrence. Some think it's very big. But with him, you know, there are some criticisms about his accuracy at least a year ago. He seemed to clean that up this year. Uh, There's maybe some whispers of a little entitlement coming out of Georgia when he transferred. Uh, although Ohio State speaks glowingly of him now to scouts and execs, so it seems that, that he's kind of quelled those issues. But with Lawrence, it's, you hear that term clean prospect all the time, mm. but he really is that. Nobody really has any red flags on this guy right now. Now, Fields is a guy, the stat on him that is incredible. He has thrown as many touchdowns this season as he has incompletions. He has 11 touchdown passes and 11 incompletions. And then we look at the top of the draft. Is the expectation, we all know who is probably going to be picking at number one. You said something on TV this morning about the possibility that some people see of Trevor Lawrence going back to school for another year, which he could. Tell me what you heard about that. Well, I spoke to uh, at least one high-ranking exec that brought that up. It's like, hey, you know, we're we're hearing that that might be a possibility. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, most expect him to leave. Um, but there is precedent. We've seen it with the Mannings who decided to stay back. You know, Andrew Luck decided to go back to school after his redshirt sophomore year, a little bit of a different situation, but um, you know, it, it can happen if the player, you know, just wants to weigh his options. And, and sometimes it can have to do with the team. As we've seen, you know, there were whispers of Joe Burrow not wanting to go to Cincinnati. Those were pretty strong last off season. I think some of those were warranted. Eventually they came uh, to a common ground and he's a bangle. And so, you know, there, there could be some of that, in play. I think at the end of the day, he will uh, declare for the draft. But, you know, the Jets, before they do anything with Sam Darnold potentially trading him, they need to ensure that Lawrence is on the same page with them and they feel good about him being a Jet, and that's reciprocated. This is something I have been talking about for weeks now, and, and it is definitely something that bears watching. And again, Jeremy's piece definitely bears reading up on ESPN.com right now. The quarterback musical chairs. We could see a third of the league getting in on quarterback moves during this offseason. Jeremy, thank you. Great to see you this morning. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, thanks so much, Greeny. Appreciate it. That's Jeremy Fowler on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Pennzoil synthetic motor oils are made from natural gas, giving you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. I'm not sitting here trying to downplay how great a prospect Trevor Lawrence is under no circumstances. Everybody loves him. Everybody loves the kid. Everybody loves the character. Everybody loves the talent. There's nothing about him that people don't love. And I'm not here to tell you otherwise. All I'm saying is that when I watched them play last year in the college football playoff, 
against Ohio State. I didn't watch that game and think, ooh, the kid at Clemson is definitely the best quarterback in this game. Now, he ran well that night when his team needed him to because he wasn't throwing the ball against that really good defense. Ohio State is known as DBU. They always have great defensive backs. So he was struggling throwing the ball. And so he ran it. He proved he can run it better than you might have realized at his size. Um, But he wasn't definitively the best quarterback on the field that night, and he certainly wasn't in the championship game against LSU, against Joe Burrow, who had a monster night and wound up being the number one pick in this past year's draft. So I just keep going back to those. Now, the people who make a living analyzing these guys, to a man, to a woman, to a, a, a vote, every single one of them says, no, no. Lawrence is the guy. He's a generational prospect. He's one of one. He's the best we've seen in a decade, maybe longer. He's going to go number one. Of that, I have no question. We'll see what winds up happening. And of course, if he goes to the team I root for, I will root for him like crazy. Um, But if it were me, I like watching that Justin Fields play. I'll tell you that. And the Big Ten gets the spotlight this weekend. Big games, Ohio State, Indiana, Northwestern, Wisconsin. Big games this weekend, and we will learn a little more about these kids. All right, coming up next. We have not done phone calls in this hour in a while. I wanted to give you guys a chance to get in here. So let me load up the lines right now at 888-SAY-ESPN. We'll play What Do You Want to Know? Your chance to ask me your questions about sports, and we'll get into it. 888-SAY-ESPN. Your calls are coming up next, as well as sneaky big news from college football that I think could change everything. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Greeny with you. We're on ESPN Radio. We stream with you on ESPN+. Plus. We're coming to your phone calls in just a minute. But first, I have a moment for some straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. And this was sneaky big news that our college football insider extraordinaire, Heather Dinich, snuck in last night during the the NBA draft. So it didn't get as much attention as I think it should have. And we touched on it briefly on TV this morning, but didn't have enough time for it. So the college football playoff committee people got together yesterday and came to the following conclusions. 
that they are going to do absolutely everything in their power to play this season out on time, which means name the four teams for the playoff on December 20th, play the bowl games as scheduled to be the national semifinals, and then play the championship game on January 11th. They are going to do everything they can. They obviously have to remain somewhat open to moving things around if everything gets shut down by COVID. But that's their plan. That's not the important part. The other thing they said was that in the event that a team gets named on the 20th and then because of a COVID outbreak is unable to play its national semifinal game, it will not be replaced. Meaning whatever team comes in at five doesn't get bumped up and get a chance to play if one of the four teams that are going cannot, which leaves you open to one of two possibilities. One of them is they delay it at that point. They wait until whichever team it is can't play is able to. The other is the idea of the possibility of a forfeit in a national semifinal or championship game. I'll say right now, that's an impossibility. With everything that rides on that, There's no way in the world they forfeit that game. You would have to come and say, guys, we're not going to be able to get this game in until May before they would cancel those games. So be prepared, regardless of what they said yesterday. If they're not going to replace one of the teams, be prepared for the possibility that this thing could get pushed back. Be prepared for the possibility that the day before the championship game, we find out it's getting pushed back. I don't see any way in the world these games don't get played if they can be. But the schedule, as we have learned in a pandemic, there are always more questions than there are answers. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. All right, now we're coming to the phones here. Bubba, put some music on and let's get some folks in with their chance to just play the game. What do you want to know? You ask me whatever question about sports you're interested in, and I'll do my best to answer it. We start with Ryan on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Ryan, what do you want to know? Hey, Greeny, you've been talking a lot about Jameis this weekend or this week coming in, have you ever seen a year where veteran backups, even though Cam was probably going to be the whole time, where the backups are veterans trying out and auditioning for next year's next deal, next place to play? It's an unusual circumstance, yes. I think of Teddy Bridgewater last year. Now, Bridgewater, of course, had been a starting quarterback, lost that because he had a a career-threatening knee injury, bounced around a little bit, wound up in the right place, right time, and he's hoping to do, or Jameis is hoping to do what Teddy did last year, which is play well and an audition for the rest of the league. The difference with Winston is, I think he's auditioning to stay right where he is. I believe this is Breeze's last year. I think Breeze is going to be in a booth, a television booth next season. And can Jameis Winston convince Sean Payton, I'm your man going forward? No circumstance could be better than that for him. But your point is a good one. Yes, this is a season where we are seeing that with Cam, with Jameis. It's an unusual year. Tyler, you're next on ESPN Radio on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Hello, Tyler. What do you want to know? Uh, I just want to know, um, you know, with uh, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and Tua now kind of playing pretty good and Claypool, you know, and, and many other rookies around the league, who do you think would be getting the most? Uh, votes for rookie of the year this year i think right now it would be burrow i think that right now if i had to vote for a rookie of the year based on the way he has the impact he appears to have had on that entire franchise i think i would give my vote to joe burrow justin herbert would not be far behind chase claypool would not be far behind but do not discount the possibility of Tua. if he leads that team to a division title 
even though he would not, he would have played fewer games than all the rest of them, and thus his numbers won't look as good. If he leads Miami to do a vision title, especially if on a on a cold, blustery, snowy Sunday, January third in Orchard Park, New York, he leads the South Floridians, the Miami Dolphins, to a hard-earned win in Buffalo to win the AFC East, then I think there's a good chance Tua gets it. So my answer to your question is, right now I would give my vote to Burrow, and by the way, I don't have a vote, but if I had a vote right now, I'd give it to Joe Burrow, but I would not discount the possibility that Tua could win it, because Tua has a chance to win games. Greeny, with you on ESPN Radio, one more. Matt, what do you want to know? Hey, Greeny, uh, really fast. One for get up next week with Damian Woody. I think you need faux wood. It looks like real wood, but when you get closer, it's fake. Um, Fo- so wait, hold on one second. Is the word you're saying faux wood, F-A-U-X? Yes. That's hilarious. Okay, excellent. I, I, the crew watches. All the guys from Get Up are watching this right now for sure. I like that one. Faux wood for next week. Well done. What else? And uh, who do you think is going to buy the website from Mel Brooks this weekend for LuterusCoaching.com? Is it going to be Adam Gase or is it going to be uh, Peterson? I think one of them is going to have some Luterus uh, pay calls. This yeah, weekend. Uh, it's, it's look, I mean, at, at that point, what's the look? Doug Peterson is a remarkable case study in the the way winning a championship buys you uh, what winning a championship should buy you. Let me leave it on that one there, Bob. I'm going to talk about this one for a minute so we can lose the music. Adam Gates, a lost cause. Adam Gates is the worst head coach I've ever seen. He is unquestioned. If the Jets don't fire him, then then there's literally no reason to remain a fan of the franchise. I'm, I'm not one who fires coaches. Uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's unmissable. If you watch the Jets play, they hate him. He has zero offensive creativity. You can't coach a team worse than he has coached them. Doug Peterson was an interest, will be and is, I guess, an interesting case study in how much rope you get for winning a championship. I was there that night in Minneapolis when Philadelphia knocked off Brady and the, and the Patriots, um, and it was a scene unlike almost anything I've ever seen. And when we fin, I'll tell you the story. I was in between jobs at that point at ESPN. I, we were wrapped up Mike and Mike and we hadn't started to get up yet. So I was there like anchoring sports center stuff late into the night. So I was on that field, Steve Levy and me with a couple of an- our analysts were on that field, probably three or four hours after that game ended. And the place was still packed with Eagle fans just losing their minds. Now, granted it was negative eight degrees outside. So I guess they weren't that excited to go out. But they were the fan base was insane, and rightly so. So the question is, how long does that buy you with the fan base and with the organization? I don't think Peterson goes anywhere. But I do think there's a lot of heat on him and on the quarterback to win this division because it's the worst division ever, and they're the best team. Lewis Riddick joins me next on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.